You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Clothe your toes, you harlot. More particular than that, came across this article. Let's debunk three myths about seemingly illegal things you can do while driving. <clears throat> the only one I found interesting, really. Um... I don't know if I'd ever been told that driving with the interior dome light on is illegal. I know it makes it harder for me to see. It's a bad idea. But I didn't. I don't know if I'd ever heard it was illegal, but it's not. Okay. But I have been told about a million times in my life that driving barefoot is illegal, and it's not, according to this person. Not in any state anywhere in America. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, as I have driven barefoot, as this person says, have you ever driven barefoot? I won't lie to you. I've done it, and I'm not ashamed to say I kind of liked it. The ridged rubber of the pedal cover feels kind of satisfying. I I, I've done it. I've done it many times. God, yeah. many, many times. You yeah, get a you, different sense of the the mechanics of it. You, yeah, you it feel takes the you push a, more. a break or two, an acceleration or two, but then you really get in tune with your machine. Yeah, this person says, I think you can get a more precise throttle control with your non-shoe-encumbered feet. That's what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. Because me, t- I'm always revving up to 80 on a side street and... Just breaking into a screeching, smoking turn, you know, uh, fishtail, and then I accelerate to 80 again. <laughs> Mine was usually involving like a lake or a pool or something, the reason I ended up driving barefoot. But this person writes, because this is pretty decent writing, I'll say it. Almost every time driving barefoot comes up, though, some pedantic, podiatric prude <laughs> likes to mention that driving while barefoot is illegal. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> yeah, well, I, yeah, I remember going back into... I was told at one point that in uh, Cal Unicornia, where I happen to reside, it 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 was it was made illegal briefly, and then it wasn't illegal anymore, I which was, may or may not be true. I, I was going to do it whenever I wanted anyway, because how would anybody know? Right. I, right. Yeah. Yeah. Let your uh, freak toe fly. In something. general, I don't like to see other people's feet. I think they should. Oh no! But and in they're the disgusting. Socks and shoes on an airliner. I think the uh, the uh, air waitresses ought to be able to throw coffee in your face if you bare your feet on a, a passenger jet. Finally, this guy writes, your feet are not criminals. They're just the hands of your legs. And if they want to serve your foot gloveless, you can legally let them. Um, speaking of uh, flying, that reminds me of another flying story since I did some of that. Um Airplane food. Can you believe it? Lots of dogs, as always. Uh, as many really? as ever. I, Still? I thought they were cracking down on that. Yeah. Sketchy looking dude. Looked homeless, but obviously he's not. He's got an airline ticket, and flying's not cheap. But Unless it's one of those cities, where, uh, the places, you know, the city ships you out to another place, gives you a ticket just to get the, you the hell out of town. Very sketchy looking dude with a pit bull on a chain. Oh, boy. That's freaking crazy. On an airplane? Uh, in, the, on the, yeah. in the terminal. Yeah, okay. All right. I'm sure he was getting on some plane. Sure. Oh, great. Just would just love to walk by you with my kid. I mean, yeah. not that all pit bulls are bad. In fact, I've known some that are fine. But that you didn't, that pit bull is not your comfort animal. Yeah. You know, did I explain on the air? I know I did in a personal conversation my problem with pit bulls uh, because I, I'm utterly convinced that, um, that they are, to a large extent, an affectionate and fine pet. Sure. Um, I have a couple of good friends, people of really good judgment, who have pit bull mixes that were both rescues. Um, yeah. And they're wonderful family dogs. I get that. But the problem is, here's the metaphor I came up with. If you accidentally uh, uh, shoot somebody with your twenty two, you're going to have to take them to the hospital. 
If you accidentally shoot somebody with your forty-five, there's a good chance you're going to have to take them to the morgue. And a pit bull is a forty-five. Yeah. It's a three fifty-seven magnum. If it accidentally goes off, the damage it will cause will be terrible. So, but again, I don't deny they're nice dogs, but they are also undeniably the look at what a hard ass I am. Right. Ill-bred zillions of them everywhere. Not interested in training them. Not in the least, unless it's training them to be meaner. Now, I ever tell you the expression I heard a a buddy say? That neighborhood's got more pit bulls than paid bills. (laughs) That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Another airplane note. I've uh, observed this before, but um, and I was going to take a picture, but I'm with my kids and we're running around. I didn't have time. The Denver airport has a couple of particularly healthy places to eat at the Denver airport that are always a ghost town. <laughs> it's like the, you know, the leaves and grass, and it's all salad and stuff like right, that. Yeah. And the line for the Chick-fil-A, I'll bet it would take you 45 minutes to get through that line of the Chick-fil-A that was next door. And people weren't even saying, you know, I love Chick-fil-A, I'd prefer that, but I'm not waiting 45 minutes. No, I will wait 45 minutes. Right. Um, crazy. And both Before coming I and going. that damn rabbit food. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> Whatever, that's fine. Yeah, I do the same thing. But it's funny, you know. I there, food deserts. That's why people are obese. All right. There's uh, there's this um, uh, Panda Express, not too far from where panda, I live. Panda, Panda, Panda. That if you've seen is, the movie Pets. You know what that is. Uh, I don't. No. I haven't. Um, but uh, it's always busy. I mean, it's uh, around dinner time. It's insanely busy. It's like between two high schools, and it's uh, by ball fields and the rest of it. So it's just whoever owns that franchise has got to be like Bill Gates rich, and I'm jealous. Two doors down, there's like a nail salon. Then the next door is this Japanese food place, like a franchise that poor some poor son of a bitch paid his life savings to get that, that franchise. And the place is like a ghost town all the time. I mean, once in a while, you'll see a person in there. This guy's got to be thinking, I told her, let's go with Pit Express. <laughs> and she said Japanese is going to be hot. <laughs> this guy's got to sit there lonely, flipping through, you know, a Sports Illustrated every day, watching people stream in and out of the Panda Express <laughs> like they're giving away orgasms. I mean... And and I feel terrible for the guy every time I'm there. Oh, his oh. life's dream was the, in that very same strip mall. You wouldn't even need Japanese, to give away. Japanese, they told me. From what I understand, you can charge for orgasms and do business. So, <laughs> well, right. And some giving away for free. NFL owners come and see you. <laughs> Another thing that happened to me at the airport. Denver Airport's got the moving sidewalks. Like That's a nice airport, by the way. Really nice. It's so giant, though. Unless you try to connect there in the winter time. I I don't. Uh, I, I I don't usually end up having to go to different parts of it, but on this flight I had to go to different parts of it, like actually get on the train and go to the other part, and it's a full half hour away. It's Woo! a half hour trip. That's what it said on your ticket, 27 minutes. Jeez. It tells you on your ticket it'll take wow. you 27 minutes to get to the next connection, so you don't think, you know, I'll go to the bathroom and grab a little I immediately think, okay, that's the average yeah. person. It'll take me like 20. Yeah, well, yeah, and that that's probably true. We hustled and it was a little I'm faster. Very but still, swift. But 20 minutes is a long way away. That's Hell how yeah. long it takes me to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so, uh, but anyway, so we're riding the moving sidewalk, and uh, I'm on there with my kids, explaining to them, I think, how they need to stand to the right so people can go to the left or right. whatever it is. And uh, I'm facing backwards. So I'm facing them. Oh, no. 
and the the uh-huh. the, the <laughs> and the moving sidewalks coming along, and I hit the end, and I almost go completely oh, down. No. And I, I catch, how did you not? <laughs> I catch I catch my feet, and I almost land. I jeez, I could have broken my ankle or cracked my head or whatever. And Henry said, "Yeah, I knew. I saw that coming." I said, "Well, why didn't you say something?" He said, "I wanted to see what would happen. I thought it might be kind of funny." <laughs> I said, "It's not funny if I break my ankle next time. If I if that's about to happen, please tell me before it happens." <laughs> And I did it again, like oh, 15 minutes later. Oh, boy. I did exactly the same thing. And a guy who was writing next to me left so hard I thought he was going to die. <laughs> Grown man with his bag. He saw me almost go down again, and he laughed so hard. You know, the Phoenix airport. <laughs> so Henry was right. It would be funny, well, apparently, because right. there's, there's a test case right there. <laughs> you can see, yell see at him all you want. <laughs> right. See, Dad? Uh, the Phoenix airport has a handy little speaker as you get toward the end of them because they have there. It's also a vast, uh, you know, it's practically a city, but they have the speaker. You're nearing the end of the walkway. You're nearing the end of the walk for dunderheads. Yeah, which I am. Well, so maybe connect through Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> Probably safer for you. I've heard those announcements before and thought, what kind of moron needs an announcement? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I am invincible. Invincible. <laughs> I can't believe I didn't, like, end up in the hospital from that crash. I tell you what, I respect you for uh, remaining. He stuck the landing, folks. Absolutely. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Jeremy, owner of uh, East Chicago Pizza in Barberton, Ohio, recently posted a, a sign on the outside of his establishment in an attempt to generate some, some business using some humor. The sign read, fat people are harder to kidnap. <laughs> I'd go in and buy that pizza if I oh, saw yeah. that sign. Oh, yeah. my gosh. If I'm the least bit hungry, i buy a piece of pizza there. But what Mr. Jeremy failed to realize was that January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month, and this is no laughing matter. Oh, oh boy. And the hate oh, comes on the Internet. Oh, boy. I remember when life was fun. <laughs> the sign reportedly inspired someone to write an email to corporate headquarters. Awesome. Complaining about the joke being in poor taste due to the aforementioned Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Right. Suck it! Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. And, and, and it's... Uh, <laughs> this is the sort of thing Bill Maher talks about. How oh, can man, I... that's a good-looking Chicago style czar right there. Fat people are harder to kidnap. I'm that's sorry, funny. you were saying something. Uh, Bill Maher talks about this, but how come we can't leap past the dumb people or the or the dumb conversation, too? I'm, I don't know this guy, but I doubt he's in favor of, you know, abduction and kidnapping. Or soft and, on it. I doubt that this billboard will encourage anyone to do it right. or to lessen the penalties up for right. it so, or participate. So, right. in, in effect... Just shut up. In effect, therefore, what you're complaining about is stupid. Shut up. It's or a fake Joe, reversing. Joe said, suck it. <laughs> the guy's a father of seven, lived in the community his entire life. I don't think he's secretly a kidnapping advocate. Right. What, what? What is wrong with people? Anyway. And that's a good-looking zah. Back to sweaty robots. Robotic finger can sweat like a human to cool down. Robots can already do a lot of things people can do, Joe. Including, that sure is true, Jack. <laughs> including gymnastics. Thank God. Doing the gymnastics we no longer have to do. Yeah. I can just, my robot can do gymnastics for me. Exactly. <laughs> That'll impress my date. <laughs> Watch my robot do a flip. <laughs> Uh, 
but that new, actually would be really cool. But a new type of soft robot has one of the most human traits of all. Researchers have developed a finger-like appendage that can break into a sweat to prevent overheating. It's soft and it's rubber, so it can grip things in a soft way like fingers do. And it's clammy. And they had they had a problem apparently with stuff of this size or shape that it would overheat, but now it can sweat and it cools it off. You robot sweat. That is a big gate. In the uh, development and increasing computer power is how do you keep things cool? Yeah, so I uh, understand. Remember, we had the story several months back about that supercomputer that's essentially located in the ocean as its cooling system. Yeah. I, uh, hmm. By the way, I think I finally understand quantum computing. Oh, good for kind you. Kind of. <laughs> Explain it to us, please. Yeah. Well, I'll, I could have a shot at it. Ken I, from Taiwan wrote a really nice note Okay, and attached an article. Long and short of it. Here's the key part that in the article really helped me understand it. Um, all right, where's that? Oh, okay. Um, the switching in memory units of computers, known as transistors, are now about as small as an atom, which is mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. And I've heard computers describe conventional computers as a series of switches. It's either on or off, zeros and ones, that create patterns that are data. Now, even that boggles the mind of somebody who's not gifted in those arts, but your your transistor is either a, a zero or a one. It has two poles, A or B, zero or one. The quantum um, uh, transistors are like a sphere that have every point on the sphere available for am I on off? No, 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 no. It's a thousand choices. Am I one of a thousand things? And now, granted, my knowledge ends here like a cliff. (laughs) My understanding of it is that of maybe like a particularly bright dog, like a like a herding dog. But you don't need to understand it. It's just that's that's enough to explain that it's a monumental leap forward in terms of the uh, you know the power of computers. Right, and then with artificial intelligence, powering artificial intelligence and all that sort of stuff, faster, more powerful. I heard I heard some people the other day. There was a, a book TV thing where they were talking about the post work world and what that's going to look like and how mm. things are going to be in a post work world. Sounds awesome. I'm about to start mine for the day. <laughs> all based around um, <clears throat> you know quantum computing and artificial intelligence, and that will do all the workforce, and people will not need to work anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, and Boy, you talk about everybody's guessing a post-work world. Yeah, it's uh, like it, a it's like a post-flying for birds. Yeah, I, I, I think it will be, be a nightmarish uh, dystopia. They'll be penguins, <laughs> emus, and they'll be perfectly happy with it, dressed all nice, kiwis. Uh, here's a metaphor for you. Let's see if this works. Computer guys, feel free to email in and say, Joe, you're an idiot. Because in terms of this stuff, I am. I definitely am. On the other hand, your radio show would be boring. Um, but you know the, the classic 20 questions game? All right, is it an animal? It's all yes or no questions. Mm-hmm. And it takes you 20 questions to figure out, oh, we're talking about kiwis or penguins or whatever. Um, quantum transistors can ask all of the, those questions at once. And a thousand more. Zingo. Yeah, and we'll be Zappo, just woo, able yeah. to learn in a way we can't even imagine and become smarter than human beings. And, and we'll never have to work, and we'll just lay around seeking pleasure. Yes. And uh, <laughs> and all commit suicide. <laughs> yes. Not all. Some. 
or start start wars merely to experience something. It's like people wow, that cut, that actually cut me deep. You know, in the words of uh, of uh, Trent Reznor, later Johnny Cash, I cut myself today. Just what's the end of the line? To to, to see, see if, if I, I could still still feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bad advice. Don't do that. No, me. don't do that. Get help. But uh, humanity as a whole will cut itself to see if it can still feel. It's a dystopian a nightmare. Uh, on the other hand, what's the alternative? Killing yourself now? I mean, that wouldn't really be showing the future. If you know, <laughs> who are you spiting? You might as well see how it goes. What the heck? We're we're born into our time, Jack. Mm. We don't choose our time. We don't. No. I'm sure there's plenty of Civil War soldiers who are thinking, wait a minute, anesthesia? It's sterile surgery? That sounds better to me, but we don't get to choose. So... You, you deal with, uh, you know, whatever you're going to deal with. Or explain, explain to a lot of humanity that has uh, toiled in fields from dark till dark every day of their life until they physically could no longer do it, that a post-work world is going to be make you unhappy. <laughs> I'm not sure they would they'd care about your argument. You were right, but... Uh, Maybe yeah. they should have taken a break from their work and read a book. Huh? They'd have a little perspective. Get a little perspective. Right. They're hoboy. Which is the origin of the term hobo, right? A right. hoboy? So uh, there oh you have boy. it. Oh, boy. Sweaty robots, which is not a bad, bad name. Clammy, clammy robots. Getting a little gamey there, robot. Yuck. You might want to take a sh- run it's through the car wash. Nice pit stains, robot. <laughs> we, we got time for you to take a shower if you want. That's kind of a hint. <laughs> You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. What is the problem? I've never seen anything like this. This is when you guys are supposed to cheer. Please clap. Are you serious? Here's Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere podcasts are given away because we're stupid. So a study out about uh, waking up and alarms that I found very interesting. No, my wife does what drives the whole family crazy. Uh Uh-oh. Kids complain about it all the time. Is the, um, sets many alarms on her phone. Like starting, God, I don't know, 45 minutes before she actually needs to get up. So everybody gets woken up oh my. 45 minutes earlier than she's going to get up. Oh my. So that's just and she part sets of her like up. every five minutes yeah. or so, one yeah. of those things? Okay. Turn it off, go back to sleep. Oh, boy. Turn it off, back, go to back to sleep. You need Which thicker is a, walls, a common routine, common routine, but... Yeah, I kind of have a record. Uh, I mean, a, a, a maximum of two swipes of the, the snooze alarm. Mm. Any more than that seems crazy to me, but anyway. Because at some point, you really are missing out on a lot of, like, solid sleep. Right. You'd be much better off yeah. to sleep until you wake up. I just, I have a psychological negotiation with myself. I have to hit it once on work days because I got to talk to myself. All right, look, get up. You'd be earlier into the studio, in the station. You'd be more prepared. You'd be more relaxed. You'd do a better radio show. You're not doing yourself a favor by dozing for a few more minutes, all right? So once, you get once. Well, you, I just want a little, couple more minutes. You wouldn't <laughs> think that human beings would need to have this conversation every day of their lives. Yes, no kidding. 
No kidding. But so this study is really interesting. They're talking about what sort of alarm does the best for yielding immediate alertness or as much alertness as possible. And and you would think something like uh, the sound I made would shock you in wakefulness. And you're all right. Let's do it. I'm ready to go. But they found that it is not true. What kind of what sound do you use for an alarm? Because my wife uses the ah, ah, because she's really a deep sleeper. Mm. I'm a light sleeper, so I just have a ding-a-dink, ding-a-dink. For yeah. my phone, is plenty to wake me up. I've got kind of a pleasant ching, a little uh, chimey thing. Um, I try to keep it quiet so I don't wake my wife, wife up if I, uh, if I can avoid it. Sean, huh. what's your noise? Um, yeah, that's, that's similar classic. to mine. Yeah, yeah, just the yeah. default thing. Yeah, that's part of mine. I keep mine quiet as I've always needed to get up earlier than... Whoever I happen to be in the same room with, and uh, so I try to in not ter- wake them up. In terms of waking up the most alert, it's when you forget to set your alarm and you <sighs> wake up about an hour or ten after you were supposed to. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. oh, I'm ready to go. Yeah, geez. well rested and horrified. Yes. Well, they want to know this at least partly because folks like firefighters or pilots can be in dangerous situations shortly after they wake up. Um, and so you know you want to be as alert as possible as soon as possible. Turns out the the like loud, harsh, buzzy thing doesn't work nearly as well as music. Huh? I yeah. woke up when I was like a high schooler. I used to wake up to music on the radio. Me too, always. And I and I would like to start doing it again. Um, the the combination of melody and rhythm seems to work best. So let them say it has too long. You got to go with that song. No, you don't. Just like Bill Murray. Um. <laughs> But they think different people are going to react differently to different songs and 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 rhythms and speeds and stuff like that. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> that would work for me. <laughs> um, let's see. So uh, you got you just have to try it out. Uh, Michael, we, what do you go with? Oh uh, yeah, the love boat theme. Let's see. <laughs> We think the harsh beep, beep, beep might work to disrupt or confuse our brain activity when waking, while a more melodic sound like the Beach Boys' good vibrations or the cures close to me uh, may help us transition to a waking state in a more effective way. So it has to do with, uh, as opposed to being chucked from point A to point D, you're much better off going through B and C first. The the genetics of waking up are so clearly defined by our... uh... Genetics, God, or whoever. I mean, you just you just are what you are. I've got one son that's exactly like me. I'm as as alert two seconds after I wake up as I am in the middle of the day. I just I just am. And then another son who's just like mom. Yeah. Um. Uh. It it is a long process, and they don't give me a chance. I don't even know where I am or who I am. And you probably don't want to get in my way for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just completely me within seconds of waking up. I've gotten better at this as I've gotten older, r- realizing that you have some control over your brain chemistry. Um, but I'll often wake up in just a terrible mood. Not so much in the morning, but if I take a nap or something, sometimes I, I wake up just unhappy, <laughs> just pissed. And I want to fight. What's the point of any of this ass? Who you know? wants to fight? <laughs> well, I don't want to fight anybody. Uh, but but then I've realized, no, wait a minute, you can just go through, what are you happy about, what you, you actually have a good life, blah, 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 you got a lot to be grateful for, ah, I feel better now. I don't have to have coffee before I can, like, function in the morning like my wife can. Yes, Sean? Uh, I was 
trying to think of my song. I think I'd either go with Hip Hop Mom Spaghetti, the the Eminem one, mm. or there's any number of Queen songs that I think would be awesome to wake up to. Mm. Like a Don't Stop Me Now, just somebody, you know, that's why they call me Mr. Fahrenheit. You know what I mean? I, that's, that song's a little, uh... <laughs> Jeez, wow. It's not a good choice, Sean. Keep trying. <laughs> Keep looking. Wow. Yeah, you know what? I, I have an idea. Although, Is this Freddie Mercury slander that I'm hearing? Not slander, per se. They had better songs. That one's a little dopey. It's better live. <laughs> not quite as cute. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess you, you can you set your you'd think I would know this after all these years. Can you set your phone to play you a certain song when it goes off in the morning? Almost certainly, but I've never done that. Is that a thing these days? And I also don't be. know how that changes with everybody getting their music from a streaming subscription right. now. Oh, that's true. You have to have it. Do you have to have it downloaded yeah, into your? If you have, which if, is no problem. If but. you have the song downloaded, I'm almost certain there's a way to do that. All right, hang on a second. What did people do pre-alarm? Hey, hey Siri, you mouthy b- How do I play a song for my alarm in the morning? Set the alarm for when? <laughs> oh, you're no help. I said You're like mouthy. talking to an idiot. I'm, I'm, I should have said stupid. Sorry, I missed that. Could you say it again, please? Yes! Yes, you're an idiot! <laughs> I hate you! I hate you! I wish you were dead! <laughs> That's not nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. What did they do before alarm clocks? I'm thinking that the the alarm clock's only been around since what the 60s. I don't know. You know your old timey the flip set them thingy. I had one as a kid, and they worked yeah. pretty well. How about they weren't pulling up the little like yeah. button thing? Yeah, that's what the I classic had. you know clock face with the button on top. That <laughs> used to be a job of somebody would go around and knock on your door. That's right. Uh, back in in very old timey towns and stuff. Because I know um, rural settings like my dad grew up in. You went to bed really early and you woke up. You know, so you woke up earlier. Yeah. Um. But in, in I assume on farms, roosters are yeah, involved. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But in urban areas, who woke you up to go to work in the forties? It was somebody's job. It was essentially <laughs> like the when you go to a hotel and you have the the wake up call thing. They would just mm-hmm. walk around. I've even seen pictures of people. With a long stick so they could tap on the second-story windows and stuff like that. That was way back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like the 1840s, not 1940s. But We had to get it somehow. Wait a minute. Why don't I know this? Seems like the sort of thing I know that would have come up in a book or a movie or something. I'm typing. Somebody else talk. And then the wake-up guy came by in the morning. I've never even heard this before. Did everybody just go to bed early enough? It had some sort of charming name to the job, too. I forget what it was. Jack, an alarm clock is a clock designed to alert an individual or a group of individuals at a specified time. Yeah, I know. I know that. (laughs) Let's see. The ancient Greek philosopher Plato was said to possess a large water clock with an unspecified alarm signal similar to the sound of a water organ. He used it at night, possibly for... What? It's his signal the beginning of his lectures at dawn. I think mostly through human history, it's probably been people going to bed as soon as it got dark. Wow. The Hellenistic engineer and inventor, unpronounceable, filled his uh, clepsidrus with a dial and pointer for indicating the time and added elaborate alarm systems, which could be made to drop pebbles on a gong or blow trumpets by forcing bell jars down into water and taking the compressed air 
through a beating read at preset times. I've known people that blow trumpets the second they wake up. <laughs> that was like 300 years before the birth of Jesus. That's interesting and all, but that's not what most people were doing in urban areas. And uh, Candle clocks, simplistic devices from ancient China, were embedded with nails that were released as the wax melted away, leaving the nails to clatter loudly into a metal tray below at a designated time. Hmm. Now, common usage, uh, alarm clocks, uh, let's see it, yeah, it's not clear to me, but the, uh, the early 20th century, the sort of, you pull up the button and it goes off at that time, that was, you know, early 20th century. Okay. First American alarm clock, oh, this was another, well, no, this is a legit alarm clock. It, it could only go off at 4 a.m., but it was invented by Levi Hutchins in New Hampshire. What kind of a clock only can go off at one time? Well, the guy, that's when he wanted to get up, and he invented it. Uh-huh. Yell at him, not me. <laughs> so this actually was going on much more recent than I thought. A knocker-up, sometimes known as a knocker-upper, was a profession in Britain and Ireland that started and lasted... I take that work, as long <laughs> as I don't got to pay for the kid. Lasted, oh, wow, did you guys hear that? Well into the Industrial Revolution, when alarm clocks were neither cheap nor reliable, and as late as 1952. Expensive okay. and unreliable, that's me. <laughs> Uh, let's yeah. see. So what have uh, we learned the here? French inventor Antoine Redier was the first to patent an adjustable mechanical alarm clock in 1847. I'm going to have to ask my dad There's about your this. answer. I don't think most people were doing that. And I do have one experience in my life when I was working um, uh, nights mostly. I would go to bed. I would sleep roughly eight hours, and I would just wake up on my own feeling great. Mm. And I'll bet that's what most people have done throughout history. Is they just went to bed so early, they woke up in the morning in plenty of time to be up. Yeah, probably whatever so. they were going to do. Yeah. Well, and uh, I'm sure that was much better for us than, than interrupting our sleep. Or they just wait for their cock to wake them up. I'm sorry, rooster is the preferred term. <laughs> a knocker-upper would also use a snuffer-outer as a tool oh, to rouse the sleeping. Grim. A snuffer outer? You put a pillow over their face, and then they really struggle for air. It was, a, it was a candle hey, snuffer. Pick it up. Wake up! <laughs> that they would use to extinguish the street lamps back in the day, oh, yeah. but it was a long pole, so they would tap on the windows. I thought those were knickerbockers. <laughs> no, that was no? a New York basketball team. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. You mean I personally have to have multiple personalities? No. You need six different personality types to exist in your workplace to have a functioning workplace. Ah. And they're talking about, like, not a super great, ah, I, lo- I love work more than home, or it's like my family. I mean, it's not, you know, Valhalla sort of workplace. It's just to have a comfortable, I'm okay with this job workplace, you have to have six personalities, apparently. Mm. What if you got, have... like, a four-man shop? I guess you're screwed, huh? Better hire a couple more people. You have to have at least one of each of the following six people for anything to work. First of all, the warrior. The warrior is the person who looks down the road and is pretty sure he can see trouble coming. Mm, never vigilant. Yeah, I, I, that's funny. This is this is, this this sounds right. You need these six things like in a marriage. You just come out of two people, right? But uh, yeah, you need somebody who's got to play the role of a warrior. Worries about this stuff. Hey, what somebody, if this happens? Yeah, somebody needs to. We got to be ready. That's right. Yeah, that's good. You know, to my four-man shop thing, obviously, you could have a person play a couple of roles. There you go. Uh, You need the... Like, uh, you could play twins. I always like that when people play two roles and they're twins in a movie. That's so entertaining. It's always fun. Not at all jivey and stupid. What, Michael? Um, 
It's always fun. It is, isn't it? But you also need the don't sweat. Look, in that he's got longer hair now. Now he's got the short hair. Who the who the goatee? He's, he, he's you, the evil one. Now you can tell, right? Anyway, I'm, I'm never going to get through my six personalities. <laughs> the other personality you also need, which is not surprising, is you do you need a don't sweat it person mm-hmm. there to tell everyone, take a deep breath, it's all going to be fine, not a big deal, and here's why. So you need both of those. Yes. Obviously, if you got too much of either one of those, you got a real problem. You need a gas pedal and a brake jack. Wow, that's good. Thanks. Uh, this is where the. Sh- Stir comes in. Mm. Stir. Well, I, I prefer my shaken, not stir. You. <laughs> He's there to put uh, everyone on blast. The nice thing about him is that he cares a lot about fairness and maintains a perfectly calibrated BS detector, but has no respect for how long meetings are supposed to be. <laughs> Wait a minute. Uh, uh, everyone loves this dude during a PowerPoint because he's virtually guaranteed to derail it. By quibbling with item three of 20, then complain about how useless the meeting was afterwards. <laughs> That's funny. It's um, like everybody in this room. That crap doesn't make sense. So why do you need the stir? Uh, so I think uh, slightly get somebody to say the emperor isn't wearing new clothes. Okay, that makes sense. Are, are we sure what you're saying is true? Are we sure that graphic five shows trending sales? Right, yeah, like, I get that. The loyal mm. opposition, as they say in Britain. This is pretty good, too. And I've worked in places that don't have this, particularly when I was younger, and it sucked. You need the party animal that's devoted to fun at work or afterwards. You need oh, the no, person. no, 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 no. We need to stamp that out. And I've, I've been amazed as at places where they didn't have this. And I'm not, this is not my personality, so I'm not good at it. But you need the, and it help, it's better if it's a woman. You need the person that says, Thursday, 5 o'clock, drinks it wherever. We're all doing it. You need that person that does that stuff. Happy hour at shenanigans. You want to be there. Super Bowl party this Sunday at my house. That stuff is so valuable. And I don't think management understands that at all. No. <laughs> that role. Oh, my no. God. The places that I worked that had the most cohesion and we all felt like we were in it together and, you know, you'd pick up slack for each other all had a lot of that going on. 4.30 Friday. Every Friday. Case of beer. Conference room. Loved it. Super productive workplace. Oh, yeah. Man, everybody just knocked it out of the park every single day. Then hooted and hollered and laughed every Friday, and usually we'd go out after that. And your stupid current manager would think you'll have sexual harassment, and people will be driving drunk. All right. Well, you know, it worked for like 200 years fine. Well, it worked like better than anything's ever worked in history. Yeah, I worked at one radio station. This was one of the top radio stations uh, in Kansas City at the time. Q104. Man, it was the hot radio station. And uh, it was regular, like that, on Friday in the afternoon. Beer would come out. And that place made crazy money. Um, the beer would come out, and people have to just, you know, you need that. But you don't have that anymore. And that's why uh, work is drudgery, and you, you don't know the people you work with. So you See, assume you hate them, and then, then you can't wait until it's over so you can just die. It seems like <laughs> de-stressors or decompressors were almost kind of included in the work experience before I got into it, where I... I <laughs> I have to seek those things outside of the work boundaries. Right. But there, I, I can absolutely understand the value of having just those pressure release valves in that same building where the pressure is built up in. Well, and, right. And the other thing is you realize, wow, that guy's actually pretty cool. Right. I like him. I really is maybe his job and mine. We butt heads a little bit, but he's a good dude or a good gal or whatever. And, or maybe you realize, you know, I don't really like him, but the, the, you know what? They're a pretty good person. God, that's some of my favorite places at so many, at so many different, 
uh, jobs I had um, where, where that sort of thing was going on. It was just freaking awesome. But it's gone away in the modern era with uh, HR and all that sort of stuff. And then and, mean, and freaking lawsuits and lawsuits, right? As always, it gets back to the lawyers and then <laughs> that snail drinker that we learned about the other right, day from nineteen twenty eight. Chick got a little uh, snail in her ginger beer. Oh, uh, boy. Um, and then the, finally, this: don't forget the humble stoner. She pops <laughs> her head up to prove to you she's there and that she's absolutely not been listening. Huh? What? It is the stoner, <laughs> not the party animal, who reminds us all that life exists outside the office. She is the portal out. She is oxygen. Her function in the group is roughly the same as that of the space bar on a keyboard. That's interesting. <laughs> I'm not so, sure I'm following that I'm not sure that I'm following one. that either. So it's the idea that it's... Hey, relax, man. Just like, <laughs> think if the dude was at your office. Like, yeah, yeah, he's probably not that productive. Yeah. Doesn't but, give a crap. But he serves some sort of value of, hey, look, that guy, you know what? He's probably got it all figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but the, that's the six personality types you need to have a functioning uh, workplace. If you don't have them, get them. By Monday, close of business. You do need all... If you've got a whole bunch of hair on fire, everything's a crisis, but nobody that's going to say, this is fine, we had this a year ago and everything was fine. Right. If you don't have that person or the reverse, right. it's it's pretty it's pretty rough. I've been in those situations myself. Michael's our party animal, of course. That's right. Information. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Featuring our podcast, One More Thing. Available everywhere. Get more info at armstrongandgetty.com.